Disclaimer. Lore exists to help inspire creativity and story. It should not be used to lord over anyone at your game table, whether that be a dungeon master or player. Be flexible and willing to modify what exists to accommodate the story the table wishes to tell. From those who might stub their toes to those who lose a kingdom, misfortune is wrought by Bashaba throughout Faerun. Condolences to those who gain her attention and face her mad desire to sow chaos and disaster. I am Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Titles Some of the titles Bashaba goes by are The Maid of Misfortune, Black Bess, Lady Doom, The Maid of Misrule, and Taisha's Unpleasant Daughter. Bashaba masquerades as the Faerunian deity of travel, Shandakul, in the Anorak Desert. Due to her machinations, Shandakul has been given the title of the Lurker in the Sands from the Bedeen people who live in the Anorak Desert. Portfolio and Domains Bashaba's portfolio includes mischief, misfortune, bad luck, and accidents. Bashaba's suggested domain in 5th edition is trickery. Appearance and Manifestations Bashaba usually is seen as a very attractive, tall human woman with long, snow-white hair. She received her mother, Taisha's beauty, but her yellow, bloodshot eyes tell of her madness. Her skin shifts from a pale white to mauve tone. Usually she is either laughing like a maniac or smiling wryly. She is so mesmerizingly beautiful to the point that anyone romantically attracted to females is likely to become enchanted and wish to carry out Bishaba's will. On the flip side, those who are not romantically attracted to females are subjected to mania and madness, potentially lashing out at those around them. Bashaba wields a plus three goad, a weapon that is similar in design and function to a scythe in one hand, and a plus three scourge, a shortened and barbed whip with many tails that she has named Ill Fortune in her other hand. She's able to take one spell or attack per round and immediately make it fail against her. No illusions, charms, and other spells that would have an effect on her mind will work against her. When passing herself off as Shandakul out in the Anorak Waste, Bishaba disguises herself as a jackal-headed man. Bishaba is known for two recorded manifestations. The first is a 12-foot-tall image of her head that laughs maniacally before her audience. This laughter can have the same effect of a banshee's wail. This manifestation is enough to curse those who hear her laughter with a negative penalty on their saving throws and ability checks for 1d4 days. This giant head is capable of casting spells from its mouth, though that is too on the nose for Bashaba, who prefers to be subtle in her manifestations. Her second manifestation is that of a looming, horrid shadow in a place where no shadow should be. Seeing the shadow is accompanied by maniacal laughter on the wind. 
Many see Beshaba's influence in the appearance of cockroaches and rats. Personal History Beshaba is one half of a former Forgotten Realms deity who was known as Teich. Thousands of years ago, during an event known as the Dawn Cataclysm, the former deity of luck and fortune, Teich, split into two halves. Teich was wanton to give out fortune and misfortune as she went about the realms. Deities on the realms were at war with one another, and Teich in particular played on the whims of Lathander. One day, while out wandering, Teich found a newly budded rose that she gazed upon with desire. Unable to pick the rose, despite all her might, she cast bad luck upon it, and it snapped away from the stem. Teich felt that this rose was a gift from Lathander, who may have been looking to smooth over things over between the two of them. Instead, this was a manifestation of the deity Moander, a former deity of corruption and rot. This rose Teich kept tucked up behind her ear. The corruption slowly ate away at Teich, and all she could give out was misfortune from then on. Traveling home, Teich was met by Lathander looking to mend their relationship. Also with Lathander was Selun, Teich's dearest friend, and Azuth, who looked to mediate the conversation between Lathander and Teich. Selun sensed the corruption which within Teich and immediately lanced Teich with searing divine light separating evil and corruption from those good and pure elements that still remained. From this emerged Taimora and Bashaba, who immediately fell into combat with one another before being separated by those three other deities who were present. From that moment on, Taimora and Bashaba were separate deities and sworn enemies. Taimora is the deity of good luck and good fortune. Bashaba is the deity of bad luck and misfortune. Taimora and Bashaba are commonly referred to as sisters and Teich as their mother, though this is not technically true. It is said that when a newborn comes into the world of the Forgotten Realms, Taimora flips a coin. Bashaba calls it in the air. If Bashaba wins the toss, this individual is in for a life of misfortune. If Taimora wins, that person is graced with good luck. For some very few, the coin lands on its side. These few are said to be free from the shackles of destiny and fate. They can instead blaze their own path without the influence of Bashaba or Taimora. For a long time, Bashaba has been up to her antics out in the Anorak Desert masquerading as Shandakul, the Faerudian deity of travel and travelers. Bashaba has done much to blemish Shandakul's reputation out in this region of Faerun. The Badin people who live in the Anorak blame Shandakul incorrectly with every misfortune that comes up in their lives. Over the years, Bashaba has caught the eye of other evil deities. Talos, in particular, desires to have a romantic relationship with Bashaba, though it is unknown if his motives are eviler in intent. Either way, Bashaba wants nothing to do with Talos and has rebuffed any past Talos has made towards her. Personality Bishaba is a chaotic evil deity. She is a cruel, frivolous, and malevolent deity.
Her wants and desires do not seem to make sense to most people. However, what is true is that Bashaba's sole desire is to be loved to an equal and then greater amount than her sister, Taimora. Taimora is a far, far more popular deity amongst the people of the Forgotten Realms. Personal Realms Which realm Bashaba resides on isn't too clear at this point. In 2nd edition, she reportedly resided on the 13th layer of the abyss known as Blood Tor. Blood Tor holds a layer-spanning red ocean. The very essence of Blood Tor is said to inflict misfortune upon any who visit it. However, in 3rd edition, reportedly, Meshaba resides on the Barrens of Doom and Despair. This plane is desolate and devoid of almost any life. It is characterized by wide swaths of black sand, featureless granite, and canyons. The only liquid in this plain is the River of Blood, a river flowing through the lower fiendish plains. In the sky is nothing but swirling black clouds that obscure a red light beyond. It is a sweltering hot plain. This plain was one of the many battlegrounds for the blood war between the fiends of the multiverse, but the deities here, Bashabo included, watch from a distance, never involving themselves. Likely a third edition revision, Bashaba's own area on the plain of the Vibarans of Doom and Despair is called Blood Tor. Up on a rocky hill along the banks of the River of Blood is a singular tower made of granite where Bashaba resides. Blood continuously coerces down the sides of this tower and empties out into the river. The blood is said to be that of those who suffered injury through misfortune on Bashaba's account on Faerun. The Barons of Doom and Despair existed in the World Tree Planar model introduced in 3rd edition. However, there is mention that this plane is also called Gehenna, one of the outer planes in the Great Wheel cosmology, which has been reintroduced in 5th edition. So at this point, I am unsure which plane Bishawa resides on. Personally, I think a DM could easily pick one of the three, Blood Tor in the Abyss, Barons of Doom and Despair, or Gehenna itself. Allies in Allegiances Bashaba calls no one her ally. Enemies Bashaba's other half, Timora, is Bashaba's prime enemy and there is tremendous animosity between the two. Shandakul also counts Bashaba as an enemy because of Bashaba's masquerades as Shandakul out in the Honorok. Deity and Avatar Stat Blocks I was able to find the 2nd edition stat block for Bashaba's avatar in the Faiths and Avatars supplement. I was unable to find any deity stat block for Bashaba herself. Symbols Bashaba's only known symbol is a rack of black deer antlers in front of a blood-red upside-down triangle. Central Dogma From the Faiths and Pantheons 3rd edition supplement Bad things happen to everyone, and only by following Bashaba may a person perhaps be spared the worst of her effects. Too much good luck is a bad thing, and to even it out, the wise should plan to undermine the fortunate. Whatever happens, it can only get worse.
Fear the maid of misfortune and revere her. Spread the message across Virum to obey Bishaba and make offerings to appease her. If she is not appeased, all will taste firsthand the curse that is spreading throughout Faerun. Bashaba provides. Make others worship Bashaba, and then they will be spared the ill luck she can bring. Never falsely advise any being how to worship Bashaba, or pay the price of being cast out and cursed with misfortune all their days. Presence of the Faith for a chaotic evil deity, Bashaba surprisingly has worshippers across all nine alignments. Though the majority of these worshippers are chaotic evil, neutral evil, or lawful evil. She has many assassins, auspicians, gamblers, rogues, and sadists amongst her worshippers. It is a common practice to invoke Bashaba's name at celebrations and cheerful gatherings and welcome her presence. This is done on the off chance she becomes aware of a gathering that has not mentioned her in good faith. She may then decide to unleash some degree of misfortune upon those gathered. The people in the realm see Bishaba's hand in all shades of unfortunate circumstance. They might call out her name as a curse during or after one of these very situations. Just as one might ask Timor to show them good fortune in an endeavor, it is less common, though still a known practice, to ask Bashaba to spare them and her attention. Practitioners of Bashaba's faith identify with one another by making the symbol of the antlers reminiscent of those in Bashaba's holy symbol with their hands. This is done by folding in one's thumbs and extending out one's fingers, then bringing their hands toward their heads in a salute. This same gesture can be done by parishioners to ward off bad luck, but instead not raising the hands to the head. The gesture can also be pointed towards someone in an attempt to direct Bashaba's ill will towards them. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy Generally, the relations between the Bashaba and clergy are peaceable. Though the higher ranks of the clergy who are exclusively priestesses, vie for power with one another through violence and underhanded tactics. The ranks of the clergy in ascending order are the bewildered, who are the novices of the clergy, the unfortunate, who are full priests of the clergy, finger of fear, hand of strife, hand of gloom, higher hand of gloom, hand of horror, higher hand of horror, Hand of Despair, Higher Hand of Despair, Mistress or Master of Dread, and finally Nails of the Lady, which is the highest rank of the clergy. Responsibilities and Duties of the Clergy and Worshippers The clergy of Bashaba are tasked with spreading tales of misfortune and Bashaba's influence in the lives of people. This is done with the intent of convincing people at the very least to pay lip service to Bishaba. The clergy make a concerted effort to teach the people how to ward against misfortune by making the proper offerings to Bishaba. Some clergy members indulge themselves in acts of sadism and random cruelty throughout the land, embracing the tenets of sadism central to the faith of Bishaba. Other members will be more subtle and not reveal their true intent 
but act favorably towards a given population, providing material goods and support. This is done so they can turn around and blackmail these people into helping them later down the line against enemies of Bashaba and her church. The clerics of Bashaba are few. They are typically individuals who have suffered grave misfortunes throughout their lives. Depending on their alignment, they either warn others about the bad luck that Bashaba wields, or will go out of their way to inflict the same grave misfortunes upon others. Orders and Priestly Bodies A group of druids take Bashaba to be one of the First Circle. The First Circle is a loose pantheon of gods who some druids believe were the very first druids. They show their praises to Bashaba by dancing around, carrying scorched black antlers dipped in blood. Back when the various humanoids subsisted off of hunting and gathering, Bashaba's influence was said to have been seen when hunters were unfortunately gored by their prey. The order of assassins devoted to Bashaba and supported by her church are known as the Black Fingers. The members of the Black Fingers are exclusively male. Appearance and Dress Mauve, purple, and black are colors attributed to Peshaba and her devout worshippers and clergy favor these three color colors in their clothing and vestments. Female priests tattoo the symbol of Peshaba on the inside of one of their feet. Male priests will place the same tattoo on one of their cheeks, which they hide using long hair, half masks, or through other means. Both have tattoos on one thigh denoting their rank in the clergy. Female clergy tend to wear robes of mauve, purple, and black. Males wear robes of crimson. When administering a service or a ritual, clergy will wear black robes with the symbol of Bashaba on the chest. When adventuring, the clergy of Bashaba do not let others know of their affiliation to Bashaba through their clothing. Thus they wear unmarked clothing appropriate to their activities. Rituals Clerics of Bashaba purposely meditate on their spells at midnight. While doing so, they are to make an offering to Bashaba by setting fire to some alcoholic beverage, repetitively chanting Bashaba's name, and dipping the tine of a deer antler into this mixture of fire and alcohol. The truly devout will slightly burn one of their fingers over the flame as a sign of devotion. The clergy observe both midsummer and shield meat. When they celebrate, though, they have destructive revels where they are obscenely rude to others. The passing is a specific ritual that happens when an important member of the clergy passes on. The corpse is placed in a boat and surrounded by candles. It is then floated down a river or stream. This ritual is serious and done with somber piety. The ritual ends when the deceased becomes undead and is teleported to a random place throughout Faerun to cause destruction. High priests will scry on the undead creature they created to take in what havoc they may have caused. The marking occurs when members of the clergy exceed in rank. This occasion involves dancing over flames, drum music, in either branding or tattooing. No magic or potions are allowed to help alleviate the pain during the marking ritual. General locations of temples and shrines. 
Reverence for Bathsheba is widespread, but most would not know it. Worshippers and clergy know how to keep a low profile. A good rule of thumb to follow is that if an establishment dedicated to Timor is around, the presence of the Bashaban clergy is also there, though hidden. Temples to Bashaba are hidden underground in either excavated rooms or in natural caverns. There are little, if any, temples to Bashaba in the Forgotten Realms. Common practice in rural settlements is to put up a pole or post with antlers attached at the site of some great misfortune to placate and ward off Bashaba's further attention. In cities where antlers are less common, people will draw or paint antlers upon the walls of a building. The established shrines of Bashaba have a wooden post as their foundation or singular stone wall painted red. Then blackened antlers are placed upon this reddened foundation, or the blackened antlers are placed upon a red triangular plaque attached to a singular wall. Beneath the antlers can be found a stone or bronze offering bowl, where coins or burnt offerings can be left for Bishaba. Such shrines can be found where the red wizards of Thay conduct their magic. The red wizards try to ward off any bad luck when conducting their magical endeavors. Specific Locations of Temples or Shrines One of the most holy sites for the Bishaban Church is the Spires Against the Stars, a fortress located north of Serudush in eastern Tethir. It was formerly owned by a noble family of vampires. There is a known shrine to Bishaba that can be found in Westgate, Shaba holds a large following amongst the pirates in the Nalanther Isles out in the trackless sea. Character Options For 2nd edition characters, in the Face and Avatar supplement you can find the Doom Master build for the specialty priest who holds Bishaba as their patron deity. For 3rd edition characters, in the Face and Pantheon supplement you can find the Auspician Prestige class for your characters. While not exactly directly linked with Bashaba, the build allows characters to change fate through their abilities. The flavor text references that those of the clergy of Bashaba and Taimora become auspicians, though. To become an auspician, a character must take a poison known as Taisha's blood, and whether the character survives taking the poison is a moot point. As with every other episode, I have made a background associated with the worship of Bashaba. I think the following abilities would be possessed by a worshipper of Peshaba. For the two skill proficiencies, I would suggest deception and intimidation. For either tool or language proficiency, I would take proficiency in the disguise kit and the gaming set, specifically the dice set. For the background equipment, I suggest the charlatan's equipment, though you might want to talk to your DM and have, in order for them to allow you to swap out one or two of the charlatan's items for a holy symbol of Bishaba. And finally, the ribbon ability. As with most of these backgrounds, I always like to suggest the Acolyte's Shelter of the Faithful ribbon ability, but the charlatan's false identity ability also seems thematically on point as well. Here is a list of subclasses I think would be thematically appropriate for a NPC or PC to take if they are a worshipper of Bishaba. For Barbarians, I would look at the Path of the Berserker and Path of the Zealot. 
And this would fit a PC or NPC who is just a walking terror and who loves wanton destruction and causing misfortune. Clerics, uh, Peshaba only operates in the trickery domain, so that's an easy choice just to suggest the trickery domain. For fighters, uh, much like the barbarian, the champion fighter could fill a similar role of someone who just likes to cause wanton destruction and misfortune wherever they go. For the monk, the rogue, and the bard, there's three subclasses I think that are appropriate for playing assassins and the black fingers. For the monk, you could play a way of the shadow monk. For the rogue, there's the assassin subclass. And finally, for the bard, there's the college of whispers bard. Uh, for the druid, uh, you'd be playing a druid from the first circle who worships Bashaba. And they might fit in as a circle of the land druid who takes forest as their choice of land. Or I would also look at the Circle of the Spores Druid, which was just re recently put out in Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Uh, finally, there's the Wizard. I can see wizards who follow the school of enchantment, illusion, or necromancy as wizards who would use their magics to cause trouble, misdirection, and potentially place courses, uh, curses on others. Dungeon Master Options Following our monsters available in 5th edition, that could tie in with the Church of Bishaba or Bishaba herself. I picked out a handful of the animated objects in the monster manual just because I can see someone who worships Bishaba just using these things just to make, make trouble for adventures. So I'd look at the animated armor, flying sword, the rug of smothering, the mimic, and the scarecrow. Some of the other suggested Monsters that I found in the monster manual might be the ant keg, the carrion crawlers, doppelgangers, uh, maybe even an evil empyrean that's been cursed by Bashaba, um, your harpies, giant rats, your rats, your swarm of insects, which I would flavor to be cockroaches, and swarm of rats. Finally, I know hags are fae-related, but I think I could see hags being tied in with the worship of Shaba as well, so take a look at the green knight and sea hags in the monster manual. And the recently released Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, in the Rakdos se section you'll find uh, two monsters that I think would be appropriate. Uh, both of them are fiends. Uh, there's the Master of Cruelties and the Sire of Insanity. In Mordenkind's Tome of Foes, uh, there's the Eidolon and Sacred Statue stat blocks, which go hand in hand. And then there's the Howler, which is another fiend creature that might be thematically on point for you to use as well. In Volo's Guide to Monsters, I picked out um, the two hags that are also in there, the Honest Hag and the Burr Hag. In the Curse of Strahd Adventure, I picked out two animated... Um, animated creatures that you could use. Um, in there you have Strahd's animated armor, in Piddlewick II, which is a maniacal constructed puppet creature. And finally, from Tales from the Yawning Portal adventure supplement, there's the animated table. Uh, the following are NBC stat blocks available in 5e that could tie in with Bishop and her church. Picked out a few of the evil-aligned lycanthropes, since I could I can make a case for some lycanthropes who might see their curse as a blessing from Meshaba, or as a divine duty in spreading the curse of lycanthropy. 
Though some DMs could claim that that is encroaching too much on Malar's territory, who is another deity who is heavily associated with lycanthropes. Uh, so from the monster manual, I would look at the Wereboar, the Were-Rat, and the Werewolf. Uh, the Acolyte, though I would make a point of choosing different cleric spells that kind of more go with that chaotic evil bend to it. Um, assassin, the Druid, the Priest, uh, and just like the Acolyte, choosing different spells that are flavorfully, flavorfully on point. And finally, from the monster manual, take a look at the spy. In Volo's Guide to Monsters, there's the Archdruid, uh, the Bard, though with a different spell choice to be thematically on point, the Enchanter, the Illusionist, the Necromancer, and finally, the Swashbuckler, who could be one of the pirates from the Lanther Isles. In the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, in the Rakdos NPC slash monster section, I'd take a look at the Blood Witch, the Rakdos Lampooner, and Rakdos Reformer, just to change the names in your own game when you, if you do choose to use either of those two creatures. Uh, from the Cursed Strahd Adventure, take a look at the Were Raven from Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, there's the Black Viper, who is a thief slash assassin, if I'm not mistaken. And in the Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage Adventure Supplement, I would take a look at the Werebat. Uh, Peshaba's favorite weapon is the Scourge. She herself wields a plus three Scourge that she has named Ill Fortune. Whips and flails from the PHB, while not exactly Scourges, could be reworked, reflavored, or left alone to, re- to reflect magic weapons prized by Peshaban worshippers. In the Prayers of the Faithful supplement for 2nd edition, you will find the lore and breakdown for the Black Book. The Black Book is a strange tome that is four feet tall and one feet, one foot wide and bound in the scales of a black dragon. It has a permanent darkness spell enchanted upon it and that emanates out for about an inch or so and there's also another enchantment that gives it a cool feeling to the touch. However, the person touching it can see its form and read its pages as if the darkness spell was no longer cast upon it. The book only has 15 pages. Uh, the first and last page have the symbol of Bashaba on them, and the remaining 13 pages, thematically on point, number 13, have spells written down upon them. It could be paranoia, but some Bashaban priests and priestesses are sure they have heard whispers in their minds after the studying the text of the Black Book. Uh, the Black Book has exchanged hands over the many years on the Forgotten Realms. It was first found in the ruins of Myth Draenor by a priest named Thalaxis. Uh, Thalaxis says he claims to have found it floating above the birthplace of Bashaba, where Taish was originally struck down by Selun oh so many years ago. Uh, Thalaxis was then made the leader of the Bashaban clergy upon his return. Phylaxis's reign of terror eventually did come to an end, and the Black Book passed through a few different hands. It was the last seen in the hands of a wizard named Oshalon Derhi in the later 1300s Dale Reckoning, but its current location now remains unknown. Uh, To end this section and podcast on Bashaba, I'd just like to suggest a few of the magic items that are thematically on point, both in Xanthar's Guide to Everything and the Dungeon Master's Guide. 
So from Xanthar's Guide to Everything, I would look at the Charlatan's Die, the Wand of Smiles, and Wand of Scowls in the Common Magic Items section. Uh, from the Dungeon Master's Guide, I would take a look at many of the different cursed or backfiring magic items that could be created or given to others by the followers of Bashaba. So I take a look at items like the Armor of Vulnerability, the Bag of Devouring, Berserker Axe, Shield of Missile Attraction, other item, excuse me, other items of benefit to Bashaba worshippers could be your Dagger of Venom, any plus one to plus three whips and flails, Dust of Disappearance, Dust of Sneezing and Choking, the Hat of Disguise, the Iron Flask, the oil, excuse me, the Oil Slipperiness, Pipes of Haunting, Ace of Terror, Potion of Poison, Ring of Spell Turning, Staff of Withering, Talisman of Ultimate Evil, a Vicious Weapon, which could either be a weapon or a flail, and finally, a Wand of Fear. Alright, uh, thank you for listening once again to Religion in the Realms. Uh, I do apologize for the big gap from the last episode to this episode. Fortunately, graduate school does take up a lot of my time, and but fortunately, I am on holidays for a little bit, so I'm hoping to put out possibly one or more episodes in the coming weeks. If you're interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. If you wish to personally get in touch with me, my personal Twitter handle is at Shiv's Embrace. Uh, for those who might be interested, I have posted the link in the video description to a Discord server I have set up. For audio listeners, you can find a link to the invite pinned on the podcast Twitter page. The next episode will be on Timora, the Faerunian deity of good luck and good fortune. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Lathander light your path. Music for this episode, Wretched Destroyer, by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.